How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Avon! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. We come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live. We are unrehearsed, so you never know what you're going to get. And by the way, the Big Show stole that line from us, by the way. What? The Big Show. They got an ad where they say you never know what you're going to hear. That's what we always used to say. They stole it from us. But anyway, you can become part of the show by giving us a call at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Or you can always email us live at the Smokies inbox at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Okay. You know what else they stole, too? Yeah. Three, three beer, men in the booth. Beer talk. Beer talk. Uh, yeah, yeah, cause they years, stole a lot of stuff years, from us. Because years, yeah, well, I don't know, 12 years ago, somebody... Call. We say, well, we're just like a couple guys sitting around having a beer at the bar shooting BS. And then I heard Gary say that yep. one time. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, and having more than oh, two yeah, people they, in they the booth. Oh, yeah, they always said that. Oh, you can't have more than two people in the booth. You can't do that. And we were doing it. And then it's can't like. Can't talk over each other. Yeah. Well, yeah, we shouldn't do that. But <laughs> everybody terrible. does that now. But it's terrible. Well, it's it's terrible. terrible. It's terrible. Really. Ter- terrible. They talk over them. <laughs> they talk over each other all the time. Oh, you hear four well, guys talking at once. That's, what, it's a great show. What's funny is Leroy, when uh, one of the hosts, uh, like if Billy's trying to do an ad for whatever, Leroy will just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, I like it. He's funny. <laughs> he is funny. But I anyway. hope he makes it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. That definitely. is one guy I'd really like to see. That'd be nice. So, Danny, I thought we were going to have another crappy day driving into the studio but because we were supposed to get two to four, three to five, whatever they were saying. And, and I think by me, it got maybe about a half an inch. Yeah, every, so every Thursday or so, I start looking at the forecast, and then I realize, oh, crap, I'm going to have to get up even earlier on Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah. It's bad enough to get up early on mm-hmm. Saturday morning, except I'm used to it now. and mm-hmm. I'm an older guy. I go to bed early. No more nightlife. Um, but you got to get up even earlier if the roads are going to be bad. Yeah, I got up earlier today, and then I then I got to sit around the house because I looked out the one window. It's like, oh, geez, that's not bad at all. Well, I woke <laughs> up early. I woke up earlier and turned on uh, coast to coast and listened to some guy talk about uh, how the Earth is flat. <laughs> After thirty minutes of listening to that, I couldn't stand it. I turned up, turned off the radio and got up and started oh. getting ready. To- to come on oh, in. Oh goodness me! Oh yeah, there's, there's, you know, 
There's a lot of kooks out there. I don't a know lot of kooks. Got, got some compelling evidence there, yeah, Tom. Com- you know what I don't understand, Danny, is like our our weather forecasters, uh, you know, they have a hard time telling us what it's going to be next week, next month, sometimes even tomorrow. You know, they get, they get things wrong. I mean, that's understandable. But yet you got these physics people, scientists, the physics people that uh, – they're going to tell me what the weather was like on the earth 2 billion years ago. You know, they're going to, it's like, you don't know that. <laughs> what do you think you're going to, you think you know that? Get out of here. Well, even the whole, uh, <laughs> even the whole carbon dating oh. thing, I think is based on uh, some flawed science there. I believe when they say this is this many million or this many thousand years old, yeah. I've, I've heard that that's kind of like, well, Oh, Not you know, as exact as what they lead you to believe. And you know what else? They talk about how the universe began, the Big Bang theory. How? Wait, how would you ever think you would know how this universe began? Multi, multi billions of years it's ago. It's expanding, like, Tom. Yeah, it's, it's expanding. expanding. That's fine, but Kinda like don't my tell waistline, it's yeah. expanding right now. But, but don't. But, but they I didn't can't, need a Big yeah. Bang to do that. Yeah. yeah, but they don't need to tell me how this universe got started. I mean, because there ain't no way they know how it got started. <laughs> Come on. I think that if I were so to funny. leave a rock on a table here and come back a million years later, it still would be a rock. Yep, still would be a I rock. I don't think it would be an advanced life form. No, I don't think so. And yeah. you know, it's another thing little, I don't think. Uh, what? What? What we're, don't you think, Tom? We're, well, we'll we'll see uh, if Sam knows this. Sam, he's smart. He went to we're, college. We're supposed to be uh, descendants descendants of chimpanzees, right? I mean, we evolved from chimpanzees, right? You're a gorilla, yeah. big guy. Like well, then you. let me ask you a question: I'm Why a, are there still a rhesus monkey? Why are, guy. why are there still chimpanzees? Well, it's we like, evolved from them, it's so pla- they shouldn't be there anymore. Dude, it's Planet of the Apes. It was in reverse. <laughs> Did you ever? We, th- I mean, we seriously, evolved into them, and they evolved into us. I don't why think there, so. Why are there so many subspecies of you know monkeys and gorillas? Then, well, sure, there are subspecies, but chimpanzees. Well, everybody says, all these scientists say, we evolved from chimpanzees. But everything else in nature that evolved from one thing to another, you look at, you know, stuff coming out of the sea and turning out. They had fins. Now they got legs. You know, whatever they were, they're not anymore because they evolved into something else. Well, then there wouldn't be any chimpanzees if we were evolved from chimpanzees. Yeah. Yeah, that's there a brilliant there, argument, there Tom. There wouldn't be any more Why, they'd be gone because they'd they be gone. would have evolved, evolved into us. And, I, and yeah. last I seen, they haven't changed much in no, the No, they haven't. <laughs> you know. As a matter of fact, Lucy looked just like a chimpanzee, and she was supposed to be like a humanoid. Lucy? Yeah, she was some uh, uh, fossils that they found that were from, I don't know, a million years ago. I oh, don't yeah, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a long right. time ago. And, but... You know, her skull looks like that of a, you know, some type of, you know, ape type skull, you know. But they said that she was a Homo erectus. And Bart Simpson wished he would have known that name a long time ago. <laughs> I saw that in one of the Simpsons episodes. They were at a museum and they showed a picture of a Crobe Magnon man or something like that. And it said Homo erectus. And Bart Simpson says, Well, I wish I'd have known that years ago. <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Hey, I got a couple of emails, Danny. Okay, Okay, let's get a little serious here. Glad we got off. The 90, this is from Bob on Stumpy Bay. He he keeps us on our toes. Good. Bob says the 94th annual coon feed is in 
Delafield today starts at 4.30 today in Delafield. So maybe we'll mention this later on in the show in the 7 o'clock hour. But, yeah, the the 94th. Wow, that's been going on a long time. I dare say the guy who started it is dead. Yeah, probably. And then I guess he was one year old when he started it. Jeez, I don't know. And he's 95 now. Yeah. Now we got one from our buddy Tex out Tex on the big, the big rig. rig. Yep. He says, "Hey fellers." That's how he says, "Fellers." Hey fellers. I kind of like that. Yeah. Fellers. Just, I think huh? they used to say that on Mayberry. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a good one. Gomer. Fellers. fellers. Just wanted you to know that the sturgeon tastes pretty darn good smoked, especially if you make a dip out of it. Looks like if we don't get a significant cold front soon, all the sturgeon shacks are going to have to be pulled out by ATV and set up in shallow water on Winnebago Lake on Winnebago. Lake Poygan, they just started driving trucks on, but with the but with the party on Poygan this weekend, I don't know about that. We'll see how many trucks go through the ice and how beat up it gets. Think I'm going to head to Green Bay for whitefish to escape the big party people. PS, I hope I don't float away on an iceberg. <laughs> Well, Tex, <laughs> we'll funny. come looking for you. Yeah, we'll send out a search party. I knew a guy who spent the night on an iceberg in Green Bay. Really? Yeah. He When I lived in Green Bay. Yeah, he went out there and the, the crack happened. And uh, yeah, he uh, he spent the night out there, but he was uh, he was okay. I think he, I don't think he might have been in his truck, too. Trying to remember a lot of a, a couple of years ago, I remember a number of trucks got stuck out there on an iceberg. You remember that? I would never, never want to oh, do that. No. One of the uh, one of the most uh, cool, cool story I read. Outdoor Life Book Club. My dad used to belong to it, so we'd get these outdoor hunting, fishing books. I was the only one who read them. Pop never read them. He just belonged to the club, so he belonged to the club. Anyway, uh, there was a story about um, a couple guys back during the Depression, and they were up in. Uh, I believe it was, was it northern Wisconsin? And uh, they were out ice fishing for, they'd go out for lake trout. Mm-hmm. And they'd use hand lines and they'd bob for these lake trout in deep water. And they'd always bring a skiff with them where they'd okay. drag the skiff out just in case that yeah. happened. And what happened is the one guy's bobbing for, they got a couple fish and he's all of a sudden he noticed his line is off to the side. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not hanging straight. And they realized that they broke loose okay. on the ice. So a couple guys get into the skiff and start rowing back. And they, they it would only hold so many people. And they said, well, we'll, we'll come back. Mm-hmm. And a storm, blizz, blizzard really hit. And uh, they actually had someone on land have a Coast Guard guy jumped in the boat to row back out. And he got him in there. But they, they rode for hours and hours and hours, and they weren't making any progress. And then the lake froze over, and the skiff froze right Oh, jeez. So out of the three guys, the Coast Guard guy was the first one to get, like, all of a sudden he wasn't. They were taking turns rowing, and, yeah. all, and the Coast Guard guy all of a sudden wasn't responding, and he died. I don't know, like, froze to death. Yeah. And then the other guy. So the third guy, he— uh. He got out, he waited, and then the, the, it froze enough where it, it was frozen over where he could try and walk to shore. Okay. But it was all, the ice was all rough and stuff, right? Sure, yeah. So, and his feet were froze at this point, and he's stumbling and falling, and I think he ended up, 
at a small town in Michigan, I believe. He ended up walking ashore, and he come finally hit a shoreline after, I don't know, a wow. day of uh, walking. He found, yeah. I don't know how many hours later, 24 or further hours, and he knocked on a cabin window, and they look, and, oh, my God, this guy's half dead. But, yeah, he made it. I think he ended up losing his feet, but he ended up living wow. a, a good life after. But uh, what a horrible type type experience. And they were prepared, too. They yeah, had the skiff yeah, and everything. Yeah. But whew. I know. Well, the, the the ice is not that great up there in the Bay of Green Bay this year. This is, a, this is an off year because, you know, we're looking at the end of January. And when my son was fishing last week, Monday, he said there was like five inches of ice. I'm sure there's enough where I could walk out in front of my place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's Try enough. My, but you know that brand new laser 8-inch auger, Tom? It's yeah. still in the box. Oh, geez. I well, now it. you can use it. You know how I bought it. I, I, it, was my, yeah. it was my Christmas present to myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I took my piggy bank. I got this change thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I took it to the bank. Yeah. And I was within $10 of affording <laughs> that with my $10 off coupon. Yeah. And I thought, hey, it pays to save your change. You can buy yourself yep. something you want. Yeah, I've been doing that for years. So I got my auger. Yeah, that's great. It's new in the box, ready to go. Ready to go today. Maybe, maybe. next year. I don't well, know. You know, I, it was weird. Now, like on uh, yesterday, my son was took his two kids out, the four-year-old and the seven-year-old, out ice fishing. And they love it. Those two are just becoming great little anglers, you know. They, they reel in their own fish. His daughter was even taking them off the hook, you know. I mean, they're they're getting to be very good. Anyway. He said, at one point, though, it was pouring rain. And I said, well, geez, where I live, there, it was just like a, a light mist, you know, a misting. Right. And he said, no, by him, it was a pouring rain. And I said, wow, that's, that's weird how things change from, you know, one area to another, you know. So Driving in from Waukesha, I, I see that all the time, Tom, where when I, when I leave near the lake, when I leave work from near the lake and then drive out, even in summertime, there can be a definite temperature change. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. From yeah. Uh, from one to the next. So. Yeah, the temperature change definitely, without a doubt. So. Yeah, I guess it's about time to take a break. When uh, we come back, I got some hunting stories. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I hope you are too, folks. Little this, beer talk. Beer talk. When we come back. Beer Tom. talk. All right. Little beer talk. We'll Except be right we don't back. Don't endorse folks. drinking beer. All right. We'll Soda be right back. Only. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to a little ride on our mystery ship. Thanks for listening. This is Skipper Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush, Tom Newbauer. And uh, what does Tom always mess your name up with? What's your alter ego? Uh, um, it's not uh, Wesley. Wesley. Yeah. That's your, that's your like, uh, pseudo. Right. 
undercover name like when you're in the bars and you that's want my, and you meet a chick and you don't want to give her your like real name yeah try not to admit that i'm you know wesley danger uh, you know a, you know a graduated college student still in debt instead i'll go with uh wesley i think you know wealthy wesley. landowner you know, wealthy land or wealthy single straight landowner from douglas county mm-hmm. i think it's wealthy white straight something from douglas county anyway yeah, what? Yeah, I guess other than saying, "Hey, honey, I want to come home and check out my couch I live on in my mother's basement." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like that. Sorry, sorry, man. I didn't Ooh, mean it. Shots Ooh, fired. I, know. I, oh, I, I, nope. Totally, totally apologize there. I. I uh, you notice? You notice? I'm staying out of this. You're staying out of that over there. Well, he used to insult all our other. You know what he used to he used to call ba- Billy no, Schmidt? He used to call. Never. He used to call him fat. No, he used to. That's he not got true. on Billy because of his that's weight. I can't believe it. That's not true. He, he was very insensitive. And in true. today's world, time you can't. We're a tolerant society. You don't call people fatty anymore. That's not true. Chubby, chubby, two by four, can't get through the kitchen door. Yep. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. I never said that about Billy Schmitz. There was a girl we called Lead Bottom in third, third, third grade. There was a girl at the bar. I don't know bar. who came up with Lead Bottom. There was a girl at the bar we called Thunder, thunder Thighs. Well, that's a common one. That's a common one. Thunder yeah. Thighs. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing Those are things that. you don't say anymore, Tom. No, you can't say that no more? Nope. Oh. You can't okay. call people names. Oh, I don't call anybody names. Well, you just find other ways to <laughs> aggravate and insult them. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You got a special I, way. I, I'm a, you, call I'm it a, a gift, Tom. You got a gift I, of pissing people off. I Yeah, well, that I do. Yeah, that's what I'm talking I, about, I do man. piss people off sometimes, and, and, and but it's only in the fishing world that I do. Well, that's your whole the, world. Yeah, that's only in the fishing it's world. It's only in the fishing world. This whole world, Sam, is fishing, right? Yeah. I, he's uh, a guide. He's I mean, a you know, tournament pro, bass angler look, of the year, TV show. No, Only look, look, in the fishing world he makes people mad. That's only because, well, never. It, no, Come on, I, go, ahead I def- not, go ahead and defend yourself. No, I... I don't know how to explain it, but I did want to get into something. Weren't you going to tell us a hunting story? Yeah. Okay. Way to change the subject there. <laughs> so far, I'm. I'm going to go get a coffee. I think. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> Listen. First of all, I apologize to you, Tom. You don't have to. And I apologize to Wesley here about the couch comment. So anyway, <laughs> I was out hunting, right? And uh, there I was. There he was. Uh, there I was. Well, I had a little time to go up north there. Eh? I had time last week because I had a three-day weekend. So I, I decided to go out in the woods to once again pursue the wily fox squirrel. Well, as it turns out, I did not get, one day I went out, I did not get the wily fox squirrel. Were you half right? I was half right. It was even better. <laughs> so there I am. And I'm looking in the fresh snow, and I see all kinds of, uh, look to be some fox tracks, possibly coyote, but I'm looking at them. I'm thinking, well, you know, it's, they look a little smaller. It looks more like fox. And it flashed through my head. Now, I'm stocking with my 22 Ruger 10-22 with uh, 37 grain long rifle hollow points. It, it's, it flashed through my head that if I'm sitting quietly, those, those predators are on the move, no wind. I thought I might just see one. I had kind of a premonition. Well... Two hours later, I'm trying to sneak up on these squirrels, but they were way too wily. I'd see them up ahead, and then they'd... So I'm still hunting, and I'm standing by a tree for about 30 minutes, and there he comes. 
O'Wiley Red Fox. Now, I've only seen them, oh boy, once I was deer hunting and coming up over a ridge on a, on a drive where there were some dens. I had seen holes there, and a, a big red fox was running in front of me in the brush about 25 yards away, and it's going away from me. I got it in the scope, but probably wouldn't have hit it anyway, but I had a 44 Magnum, and I did not want to blow a fox to hell, yeah, you know, because my dad shot one with a shotgun, my uncle, numerous friends while deer hunting, and you just blow it up and yep. it, leave it and lay, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to do that. No, you shot one in self defense once. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, uh, I was stalking years ago outside of Green Bay with a 22 handgun hunting squirrels, and I just holstered it. And I come up over a ridge, and in, in, in 10 feet, 15 feet in front of me is a gray fox, broadside looking at me. But when I went to my move to grab my, you know, out of my holster, it thing was gone. You weren't uh, fast enough, huh? You weren't quick draw. No, I wasn't like, uh, yeah, the, the, like the Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Can't whistle <laughs> yeah. that way. But uh, anyway. Uh, Can you find that one? Uh, well, he'll be on that. He's, <laughs> okay. he's, got, he's busy back there. So yeah. anyway, finally, here comes the fox. And I'm really glad it was with a small game rifle and not during deer hunting yeah. where yeah. I'm just. So, because I kind of consider, I wasn't specifically hunting for fox, but I was small game hunting with a license. They're mm-hmm. in season with a firearm that can. So I feel like I was, in a sense, you know, small game hunting, getting a quarry that I was after. Sure. It was an incidental. So here it's running, it's coming along, and it's on a fast trot. And so I try to kind of make a little squeaking sound, kind of like this. So it, so it stops. Well, it doesn't stop. But it turns and comes straight towards me. Huh. And now I got the scope on seven power because I was looking at a squirrel 80 yards away. And he's right in the scope. And now he's coming dead toward me. And you remember that story with the crossbow when I screwed up? The buck was coming straight towards me. And I went to raise the crossbow and it bolted on me oh, back, yeah. In, yeah. back in late yeah. October or whatever. Um, anyway, now it's coming straight toward me. And that flashed through my head. I thought, I'm not going to make any noise or alert him because if he looks up and sees mm-hmm. me, he could be gone fast, yeah, right? right. So I thought, I got to take the moving shot. But he's coming straight towards me, so I got him in a scope. I thought, I got to put a slug in him. Bang, I shoot. And he's about 30 yards away, and it drops. And it's immediately up on its feet, and it's going in a circle like it's chasing its tra- tail and growling. So I'm like, I got to shoot again. Now, of course, it's just a blur, but I mm-hmm. put a scope on, bang. Down he goes again. Then the thing starts trying to lurch on off, and there's this big log, and all I'd see is the top of the top of the fox come up, then down. And I went, bang, 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 done. So what happened, and this all took like five seconds, right? Right, So yeah. the first shot, you know they're mostly fur, Tom? Yeah. They're not. Oh, they're I mean, skinny. it looked like it was 30 pounds. First yeah. shot, I hit it too low in the chest. Okay. And then went out and hit a front leg. And I think what happened, that was what knocked it down. But then it was up on its feet. It had no idea what happened. So when it was going in a circle growling, it was trying to find whatever had 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 hurt it or bit mm-hmm, it. It thought mm-hmm. something had, you know. So that's why it was growling, going after an unseen adversary. Sure. The second shot, when it was spinning, I hit it in the in the top of the back, which is what basically knocked it down. And then then as it was lurching along, and I went bang, 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 I hit one through the chest and one through the neck. So I got him four out of five, and he wow. made it about 10 yards. Beautiful red fox. Mm-hmm. And, it, all, and that, it, it happened that quick. And then I'm like, holy cow, I got a fox. So I took it to our friend Dan Johnson, and I'm going to get a rug done. Mm-hmm. 
and now you can get cool mounts where they're like coming oh, sure. up, yeah, you know, yeah. chasing a pheasant or something like mm-hmm. that. But I think I'm going to get a rug on black, kind of a velvet, kind mm-hmm. of a background. I think that'll look really cool. Yeah. Something I can put on the wall. That'll be neat. Yeah, I don't have room and for And that's a... with the head too, right? Yeah, they yeah, yeah. They, they can Now I looked online and I saw some you can do some with the head with the with the with it kind of like growling and yeah. then you can do some with the mouth closed. Yeah. I think the mouth closed looks just as good. You know. Yeah, I I see if it was a bear, I'd want to see the teeth, but on yeah. a fox, nah, they're kind of cute and cuddly, you know. You know, I, I, I used to take my bear rug to the school, and the yeah. students would look at it. And, of course, the most fascinating thing they'd do, they'd be reaching in, grabbing the teeth, yeah, driving yeah. me nuts, pulling the tongue out. And is this real? No, that's plastic they put the, <laughs> over there. But the first thing they're looking at, the teeth. Yeah, exactly. The claws are real. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the claws. So, I was, so I was pretty fired up. I, I shot a fox. Yeah. And uh, I used, here, I can show you this, Tom. I brought this in to show you. Can this I touch is, it? You can go ahead. <laughs> Play with it as much as you want. So anyway. Oh, this is the 15. I should get the 15s. Yes. Yes. I had originally wanted, it's called the BX15 mm-hmm. Magazine. It's made by Ruger. Yeah. Now, there's many aftermarket companies that make Ruger magazines. But if you want one that's for sure going to feed and be reliable right. and never fail, get the Ruger one. More expensive, but worth it. Well, but it's the, not that <laughs> expensive. Well, really. here's the deal. Um the Ruger BX, uh, the BX25 is just too big. When I look That's, at it, I got a couple of those. I mean, They're it big. just looks too too big. It and, looks like a, like a AR. It looks like yeah, an assault rifle. You it's know, it's coming and, out. And and yeah. uh, and for years, I've I've just used the ten round magazine, which which uh, fits flush right, into the yeah, bottom. Yeah. And, and even if for holding it, I carry it my hands yeah. right there a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I figured this fifteen round would not be that obtrusive. Right. And yet, that would be plenty where if you throw that in there, you probably don't need to bring any shells in your pockets, you know, jostling around. You can pretty much just go out, pop this clip in, or magazine is the correct term. Uh, and here's the interesting thing, though, guys. Uh, if you're going to get this, and there's a lot of Ruger 1022 uh, owners out there, watch carefully because the price varies. Yeah. Okay? Because uh, I had actually gotten... One of my students uh, was uh, kind enough to give me a Cabela's gift certificate for like $15, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went up to Cabela's, and I thought I'll use that $15. Well, they got this magazine for like $35. So for $15 off, I got it for 20 bucks. But then I went online and saw a bunch of places that have these online for like $19. Oh, my goodness. So I went online and bought a second one for nineteen dollars. <laughs> so now I got two of them. Uh, but yeah, it feeds. Uh, yeah, feeds, I should, feeds real nice. I should get that fifteen one because you're right. That twenty five one is just boy, it's it it looks like an AK forty seven hanging out there, you know, and the big clip. And this doesn't look like an assault rifle. No, it's still, I know. It's I know. still kind of. It's still kind of cool. What is that? About five six inches long, something like that. Yeah, it's still kind of cool. Yeah. And, and and the other thing I did too. Is I bought a uh, replacement uh, stock. It's in Gilly Green or Gilly G A. I don't know. It's it's kind of like a camo green, yeah, dark yeah, green. sure. And it's a rubberized kind of oh okay. stock. Yeah. And it was a bolt-on stock, so I replaced the old wood stock with that. Yeah. That cost me about 70, 80 bucks. 
And then I got the BX22 trigger because the trigger on my 1022 was over five pounds. Right, I remember you telling us creep. about that. You'd put yeah. it on a squirrel, you had to squeeze, 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 yeah. squeeze. Well, now you put it on a squirrel and you think about sending it, bang, it's on yeah. its way. So even at this fox, that was helpful. Cause that yeah. fox was, I mean, when I had to take those shots, man, it was moving. It was moving. <laughs> you know, I was trying to get away, and I was able to just get on and bang, bang, bang. Yeah. In fact, the last shot, I thought I was on its neck for a split second, and I shot, and that's where I got it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, congrats. Some some little nice uh, red fox. So, so some little some little uh, adjustments you can do to your Ruger ten twenty two to make it even better. Well, folks, we got to go to a break. Coming up next will be the gut report, so stay tuned for that. And don't forget, at after the 645 break, we will be playing the Hornschwaggle, brought to you by Carl's Country Markets out there in Menominee Falls. So stay tuned for a lot more right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly! The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, you know, folks, every now and then I I make something without a recipe, but I figure if certain things taste good and I put them together, it's got to be good, right? So, So what I did was I had some, I made my duck last week, but I had some leftovers, all right? And so I cut the leftovers into pieces, you know, like one inch pieces, cut those and, but then what I did was I fried a onion cut oriental style, and then uh, I took put some mushrooms in there. So I got mushrooms, onions, a little garlic, and then I threw in the pieces of cooked duck just to warm them up. Now, I did something now. Now, that would have been good just by itself, but I did something that some of you might think is just terrible that I did. I put some barbecue sauce in it, and you know what? It was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it seems like you put barbecue sauce on just about anything and it's going to taste good. But this You're was, right. yeah, this was really good. The onions, the mushrooms, a little garlic in with the duck and a little barbecue sauce. I'm telling you that I was a happy camper that day. So if you have any leftover duck, I mean, you could do this with chicken or beef or whatever or pork, whatever you got. Uh, anyway, the gut report was brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price selection and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. You know, Tom, we get a lot of people out there listening. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. But mostly we want to thank our law enforcement officers out there working hard, protecting us, uh, and the uh, first responders, and also the uh, service servicemen protecting us, keeping our country great. Mm-hmm. And taking a break I, when they should be working and listening to us right I now. I forgot to give a shout out to my son Andy. Hey Andy. I should have no, I should have done it a little earlier because yeah. he gets he works for Bell Ambulance and he gets out of work at six AM. So and it usually takes him about a half hour to get home. So <laughs> I forgot to give him a shout out. Unless earlier. there's a call, right? What well, if you unless get a call there's a call at five fifty five. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm something sorry, comes I'm up. I'm punching out right yeah, now. My yeah. time's up. 
No, you can't do that all the time there. You nope. ever work in a factory? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I got, I'm, a, so, I'm a, actually a machinist by trade. Uh, well, you continually trade. amaze me, Tom, yeah. with your skills through, and ability. Uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, apprenticeship. Apprenticeship, yep, in Sturdivant, Wisconsin. Then went to the, you know, South Milwaukee at Bucyrus Erie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and I left so, that lucrative position to become a stupid fishing guy. <laughs> right. Thank God you got the rich oh, wife. God, so yeah. It, anyway, I worked in a, I worked at Packerland Packing in Green Bay. I took one semester off of uh, college. Actually, my I went my freshman year, and I got tired of not having a car. Right. Yeah. I mean, the rich kids that would be at the college had a brand new car that Daddy bought them yeah. right when they went to college. Mm-hmm. I wasn't rich kid. So anyway, I took the first semester of my second year off. I, and I remember my mom cried, oh, you're not going to, you're dropping out of college. And mom, I'm just working. I want to get a car. So I worked at Packerland Packing in Green Bay, a packing house. Not the greatest place to work in the world. Oh. You're working in a freezer. Green Bay Packers, first, it was, but, you know. Well, anyway, yeah. I, it, it was a block from my house. So I just walked there and yeah. they're hiring all the time. I think it was mostly illegals working there and me. But anyway... Um, truth be told, but, uh, anyway, you made okay money. So the first time I was there, all of a sudden, like some kind of whistle or something sounds for a break, right? Well, I'm still finishing doing what I'm doing, doing like I was on a packaging line, boxing a meat or something. And I, I turn around and look around gone. There's not a human being within sight. And I learned when those whistles go for the break, yeah, everything just Boom! Everybody's out. I mean, it's like it's it's comical. I mean, it could be mm. yeah. The, the, whatever they're holding is suspended in midair. They're gone. Yeah, when they're on their breaks, they're on their breaks. And then when the break ends, it's like instantaneously. Boom. They're all back again. They're back there. It's like the it's like the football team lining up online for the snap. Mm. Yeah. So that was my factory experience. <laughs> I learned to take full advantage of the breaks. Get out of there when the whistle goes. See, and I, I, I rarely uh, did the. I rarely when it was a break time. I rarely did it because we we were paid on piecework. Yeah. So the more you made, the more the more you produced, the more you made. And so I'd rather make more money. So there were guys that could do the meat cutting where there was a certain incentive where if they could, and there were some guys really quick with the knives mm-hmm. there. The, the 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 first job I had was. These big uh, chucks, I guess the big, I don't know what, like the quarter uh, or whatever, hind quarter of the of the uh, beef would come down. Mm-hmm. And we'd have to take three of them and put them into a, uh, a box, right? And then you'd band it. Okay, so one guy would be throwing them in, the other guy would be banding, and, then, and, you'd, and the other guy would be stacking them on a pallet, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd alternate, alternate between. But just to pimp the guy on the, on the pallet, what you'd secretly do is you'd save three of the biggest ones and kind of keep them to the side. And then when you get three giant ones, you'd put them in there, <laughs> put, them, put them in the box, oh, right? So then, and then you'd watch the guy at the end as it came down the belt, yeah. right? And he's unsuspecting because he's used to a certain... And he'd go to grab it and it'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> and especially if you waited till the pallet was almost yeah. full where he had to lift it up oh, and yeah. put it on top. And, oh, wow. and then we'd get a good chuckle out of that. Of course, then they'd do it to you, too, when mm-hmm. you were over there. Mm-hmm. Just mindless humor when you're working in a mindless job. Yeah. Well, I think we've all had a few of those growing up. I, my, one, of my, one of my first mindless jobs, well, actually, my first job was a dishwasher when I was 15. And then I worked at a pizza place. And so, you know, but my first actual real money job was uh, as a longshoreman. 
down at Jones uh, Island. What do you mean real money job? You didn't well, get paid to wash dishes, or you? Well, mean, yeah, you may, got paid, but are you, you didn't, saying big money? Well, you got much better money. Okay. being a long truck. But the weirdest thing about that, Danny, is that you didn't leave that ship until it was unloaded. It didn't matter if it took you eight hours or twenty-four hours. What exactly is a longshoreman? Basically, you just unload you're, ships. You're, yeah, you're unloading ships. You're a grunt, basically. You're, yep, you're a grunt. You're down in the hold of a ship, and there's uh, four guys to a gang, and there's usually three gangs to a hold, and you're just throwing these fifty to one hundred pound bags on pallets, and the cranes coming down. Got to be a always, young guy to do that stuff. Well, yeah, and it's two guys on, right. a, on a bag. On each one, yeah. And uh, and then the, while the crane's getting yours, you know. Uh, then the other guys are loading theirs, and then you know you can load yours, and then wait you know five minutes or whatever until the other until they get around to you. So you always got a little bit of a break in there. But but it was very strange that you had to stay until that ship was done. Those could be some long days, you know. But you made good bucks. Yeah, then. you made good money. And one time though, and then I'd like to look around on these ships, you know. Ever see any rats or anything? No, that I never did see. That's but good. I, I did have a guy come up to me with a rifle, a guy from Sweden. There was a ship from Sweden, and I was up in the front. Now, I can't read Swedish. I don't know. And there was a up by the front of the ship, there was a chain, and then there, there was like a little like a little shack up in the front. There was right. a chain, and there was a placard with something written on it. I don't know what the heck it was. I just wanted to go to the front of the ship and check it out, right? Next thing I know, a guy's talking to me in Swedish. And he's got this rifle, and like he's like the Swedish like, chef. Yeah, and sure, and, 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 yeah, 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 yep, yep. And then he's kind of like motioning with the rifle that, that I should get away from there, you know. And I go, well, I, I could figure that out. Well, that's easily. international language. Yeah, <laughs> and, then got the, a rifle. yeah. and then the other <laughs> that's thing, international yeah. language. Then the other one was, uh, if you've ever t- spoken to somebody from Great Britain that speaks Cockney, now it's supposed to be English. Right now, the British speak English. We speak English. They say things a little bit differently than we do, but it's still it's English, right? Cockney. I had no clue what this guy was saying, not a clue. And he's supposed to be speaking English, not a clue. You couldn't no. understand him? No, no way. No, no. I mean that was no. That is totally alien. That is totally different. Did he have a rifle too? No. This was no, uh, this was uh, some of the guys that were on shore then or whatever. Yes, yeah, so, you know, we all have interesting stuff in our past and what we all did, and it's all part of life's learning experiences, you know, that make us who we are. So, Well, I think, I think every kid growing up uh, should have at least one hard labor physical job mm-hmm. where you really got to bust your butt mm-hmm. just to kind of appreciate a little, you know, appreciate things in life a little bit, instill a little work ethic. I think one of the greatest jobs I had was, when I was working on the road construction company yeah, for the five, right. four summer or whatever, how many summers? And then I worked when I got out of college too. I, I worked there for like six months, didn't get a job uh, with my degree right away teaching. So I thought, I oh, can work on the road and uh, shoveling concrete, working 12, 13 hours a day. I had to get up, drive across the state on a Sunday night to leave at three in the morning, drive across the state to be on site at six. And they put me in charge of one of the big, uh, one of the guys retired, and so I got in charge of this big truck where I had to be on the job site before everybody else. Mm-hmm. I had to have all the finishing tools for the finishers, and and uh, so they gave me the responsibility. And they all said, "Hey, Bushy, if you ever want to come back, you got a job." I'd hear that from yeah. multiple <laughs> foremen there, and uh, 
and I, I, I got in fantastic shape, man. Fantastic but you didn't shape. want to go back. But there was a huge sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Doing and like we'd cut early out early on Friday, and I would uh, jump in my Trans Am at noon on a Friday and drive back across the state to Green Bay. Have fun for the mm-hmm. weekend and do it again on Monday. But summers went fast, but I made a lot of money, yeah. and it really helped boost my self-esteem mm-hmm. and give me confidence yeah, that, sure. uh, you know, I could do something. You know, when you brought up you got to have the, the tough days to appreciate the good. That same thing in fishing. If you caught fish every day, as many as you want, as big as you want it, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a challenge anymore. But you have to have some of those bad days to appreciate the good days. Exactly. You're exactly right. And I think a lot of, lot of I don't know, I, a lot of people now, I guess I'm kind of sounding like a boomer talking about the marshmallows, but I think a lot of kids today, I know a lot of them, they'd last one day doing that job. Because back in the day, those foremen, the one guy was crazy. He'd be cussing people out and this and that. One day, one guy slugged him, um, <laughs> knocked him out down on by the Illinois tollway. Uh, I remember hearing that legend. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people today, they'd, they'd start doing that work for, you know, one hour, and they'd be in the hot sun and getting yelled at, and they'd, they'd be, I'm out of here. I'm yeah, not doing this yeah. job. Well, guess what? We've got a great job coming up, Danny, because Danny is going to play with you a wonderful game that we play every week. It's called the Hornschwaggle. That, yeah, that's, that's it's a called wonderful the horn, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> That's right. We're going to play the Hornschwaggle now. All you got to do, I'm going to make three statements related to the great outdoors, and you got to tell me if it's true or false by saying Hornschwaggle if I'm pulling your leg or no Hornschwaggle if I'm telling the truth. And uh, I know we've got thousands of people that have been waiting this morning breathlessly just for this segment to come up. Yep. So you're going to want to call quick at 799-1250 if you've won any of our contests in like the last five, six weeks. Try and give somebody else a chance because we like to spread the wealth. Okay, we're kind of like, you know, we like to sprinkle the infield for everybody and let someone have a chance to win. And uh, Tom over here is going to tell us, what can they win, Tom? Well, you can win a uh, $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Markets on Pilgrim and Silver Spring there in uh, Menominee Falls. It's a great place. That's right, Tom. And Carl's Country Market has the most beautiful selection of meats. You go in there and bring your checkbook or credit card or debit, (laughs) whatever you have these days. And uh, man, oh man, there's, it's just unbelievable the stuff they have there. The barbecue sticks are incredible. That's one of the re- regrets of me not shooting a deer this year is I didn't get any barbecue sticks from those guys. Um, but once you go out there, you'll be hooked for life. You'll be going back there. So you'll get a $10 gift certificate to go on out there. And they're located over on uh, Pilgrim Road. Pilgrim and uh, is it uh, Silver, Spring. Silver Spring. Yeah, yes. Pilgrim and Silver Spring. All right. So 799-1250, give us a call. All right. We'll be right back with more. All right, let's take care of some business here, gentlemen. Right now we have our Hornswoggle segment, and who do we have on the line there, eh? Nick from Pewaukee. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Hey, good. Yeah. How you guys doing? Good morning, Nick. Doing good, Nick. Hey, Nick, uh, thanks for the referral on the uh, fishing guiding. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I was just talking to Jeff and Katie yesterday. Yeah, yep. yeah, so looking forward to getting them out this summer then. And uh, Are you not going to take them out this winter? No. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I'm not. And uh, let's see. Nick, you just got married, okay. didn't you? I did, yeah. We hey. All right, congratulations wow, there. Good for you. Did you fish when you were in Jamaica or is it, no? It's... I think Nick was no. busy with other things. No, no, let, let him talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, my uncle uh, and brother-in-law went out fishing, but they never they didn't get anything. Really? Those reefs and stuff are so overfished that... Now, wait a minute. You went on your hunting moon to Jamaica and you took your uncle and brother-in-law with you? No, it was a destination wedding. Oh, Okay. Oh, got it. So everybody was down there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, destination. Yeah. Got oh, that's there. Yeah. All right. That's nice. Yeah. Me, you had me a little worried there, Nick. Well, congratulations there, Nick. <laughs> we're, we're a close family. Close, yeah. It is a close family. So anyway, oh, here we go. Um, okay. I was talking about how I shot the Wiley Red Fox last weekend. Uh, here's another fox question. Gray fox. Gray fox. Actually, climb trees. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? That is a no hornswoggle. No hornswoggle, yes. Get out of here, really? Yeah, Tom would have missed yeah. that. I thought that was a hornswoggle. They climb trees and sometimes can be seen hiding if they try to escape up like in a hawk's nest or something. Really? Their, cal- their claws are kind of curved, and they'll oh. typically try and go up at one that's a sloped Tree, yeah. But yeah, they can actually climb. I'll be a son of a And gun. I've heard that they can even like live in some hollows, kind of like a raccoon. Yeah. In a wow. Tree. Okay. Yeah. I just learned something. We had, a, we had a gray fox that would follow us in when I was in the cross bow hunting. Really? And I watched it climb a tree. Yeah. Amazing. So I, I guess I asked the right guy because Nick, I think nine <laughs> out of 10 people would have missed that one, but you saw yep. that. Yeah. When you saw that gray fox climb the tree bow hunting, was it just doing it of its own accord? Was it trying to escape something or going to a den or what? It would follow us in on the same ridge, in and out every time. It would just be uh, 30, 40 yards behind us. Okay. And it would be like a cat. It would just come up and then watch us. It was Re- really cool. So wow. so if it climbed the tree, it was trying to stay on, on eye level with you and just keep an eye on you, basically? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was just kind of hanging out. Kind of a it was, cute. It was very interesting. Kind of a cute little guy. He was just kind of keeping you company, kind of wondering what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, wish he would have shot cool. that fox. So anyway, <laughs> um, he'd be a dead little that fox. Would be, that would be. And he wouldn't have had a chance to climb the tree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one. Uh, raccoons. Raccoons climb up a tree going headfirst, but they can actually come down a tree either going headfirst or backwards. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. That one I knew. All right. That one I knew. Yeah, it kind of boosted (laughs) Tom's self-esteem with that one here. And finally, the last one, just to see if you're three out of three. Uh, Raccoons, even though they got a nice kind of fur and stuff, they are not edible. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? I think this is a trick question. Um, that's a no hornswoggle. No, right. that is, that uh, I said they are not edible. Oh, so it is a hornswoggle. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it's. I was it's confused easy to, on make, the question. It's, can, yeah. it's easy to get confused on the whole hornswoggle, yeah. no hornswoggle. I'm sure you knew you can eat them because we were just talking yep. about. There's the coon feed. Yep. In Delafield yep. today, right? Today at four thirty in Delafield. Four thirty. The ninety fourth coon. I'm sure your new wife will be really thrilled to go out there, Nick. Really take her on a good time. Jamaica, first Jamaica, then the coon feed. Can't get any better than that, eh? So it'll be a quick divorce. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, we'll let you work on finding a better reason to get divorced than a coon feed. So we'll put you on hold and uh, we'll have them get your info and I'll mail that out to you, Nick. All right, thanks, guys. All right, right, take care. Thank you, Nick.
Oh yeah, that was uh, that was pretty funny. That first one, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it till a week ago when I started doing a little reading after I shot that fox. Yeah, yeah. I started just being a little. But it's just a gray fox. Well, I shot a red fox. Yeah, I know, but just the red one. I mean, just the gray ones as can climb. As far as I know, I it's it's kind of a uh, thing. The other thing I learned about, like I shot the the red fox I shot Tom was a big male. And like I said, it looks like they weigh 30 pounds, but then when you actually, it's all fur, right? Yeah, right, right. Matter of fact, I didn't realize I'd hit it four out of five times because when I first got it, the thick fur, I couldn't see any entrance or exit wounds other than the one in the chest and the one that nicked the back. Mm -hmm. But the next day after laying on its side, I saw that I got him solidly through the chest right, right, right. and through the neck because... As it was laying on side, the blood started leaking out through that thick sure. fur. But yeah. they're all fur, basically, right? Right. Um, so anyway, I weighed it, and it weighed 13 pounds. So I thought, well, gee, I wonder how this compares. So I read in one of my books. I got this great book. I'll bring it in sometime. Um, it's uh, it's a naturalist wrote it. It was one of those outdoor life book club things and about game animals, and it's got all kinds of great information on each species. And it talks about trophy size or record sizes of different ones. And uh, for the red fox, it said the guy knew of one exceptionally large one that came out of Michigan that weighed 15 pounds. So when he said oh, that's wow. exceptionally large, I thought, well, 13 pounds isn't. You know, that is a, probably a mature male red fox. When yeah. I first saw it trotting along, I didn't think it was... They don't look I, I as thought, big No, at first. it's coming yeah. dead towards me. Mm -hmm. So I really couldn't see. Once you look at it sideways and you see oh, that big, thick, yeah. bushy... Then it looks beautiful, you know, long hair. But yeah. coming towards me, they're a very narrow, yeah. and that narrow big, target. Thick tail makes them look oh my even gosh. bigger. Oh my know? gosh! I mean, they are. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it's the. Uh, you know what? Let's see if you know this, Tom. All right. Uh, in fact, there was a gal sitting at Park Avenue Pizza in Pewaukee, where if you want to go for a pizza, that's a great place to go. In fact, they're hiring out there, so if you want a job at a nice family restaurant, Park Avenue, Pewaukee. But anyway, I, I was sitting there the other day talking about the fox to a hunting buddy of mine, and a gal and her husband were sitting right across from us by the bar, and she said, uh, she goes, it's her mating season too, isn't it? And I, I looked at her, I said, yes, how did you know that? She goes, oh, my husband taught me, he's a hunter. So it is their mating season right now. Oh, okay. And this, this, this big old fox, boy, I'll tell you what, you could tell he was a male, put it that way. <laughs> but he, he, he stunk kind of a musty smell. Yeah, sure. I think he got kind of glands, too. In fact, when I put sure. it in the cooler overnight to take to Dan Johnson, yeah, open yeah. up that cooler. Ooh, ooh, it kind of smelled. Yeah, 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 really kind of a musty. I bet you they uh, do have glands like I'm that. I'm sure they do, yeah. especially in the mating season. So, All right, well, we got to go to a quick break. Top of the hour. Stay tuned, folks. Hour number two coming up here on the Skipper Buds, cutting edge outdoors. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. Yeah. 
It is the second hour of Power with Dan Bush and Tom Neubauer. Boy, that rhymes, hey? Isn't it? Good? I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All we got right. we got Sam Schmitz on the boards with us as usual on a Saturday AKA morning. A Wesley Danger. Yeah, where we come to you live every Saturday morning from six to eight a.m. I like that Wesley Danger. Wesley yeah. Dangerfield. <laughs> Dangerfield. There we go. You can always get in touch with us by calling us on the phone, and that's 414-799-1250, or you can email us live at the Smokey's Bait and Tackle Shop's uh, inbox. That's guys at yahoo.com. All right. All yeah, right. Yeah, we've mentioned it. The Coon Feed is today out there in Delafield, do 430. They, do, they have, don't, do they have raffles and stuff like that? Where you I, can that I don't stuff? know. That may, maybe Bob from Stumpy Bay can let us know about that. Hey, Bob. That. Seems yeah. to me they had some raffles. Well, we got a couple like people that. on the line right we now. Do. So okay. who's the first person? John in West Dallas. All right. Hey, good morning, John. Thanks for holding on. Sure. You're welcome. Uh, good morning to everybody. Yeah, good hey. morning. A uh, little more information about the gray fox. Yeah. Uh, years ago, my dad worked with some fellas that hunted them with dogs. Okay. And uh, what the story was then, the the red fox will run like a mile in, a, in each, you know, in their circle or whatever you want to call it. Right, mm-hmm. their habitat. And the gray would, it would be easier. It would circle almost like a rabbit. Really? So, and that's what put, they put a lot of hunting pressure. Well, now they don't hunt them anymore because of the deer. I don't hear know of any guys that hunt fox anymore. I don't know what. I mean, has anybody did did they ever eat a fox? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They, at, at, at that time, the hide was probably a value, a little more valuable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see well, that. Um, ever eating them? That's interesting. You bring up the uh, the the fox hunting. Um, I guess I've never really thought of people. Well, I, of course, in in England, they had the hounds sure. chasing the fox and stuff. I never really thought about people doing it down here. I, I heard of some guys years ago, I, I think they used to use dogs to chase, try and get coyotes. Um, you, when you think of fox hunting, you think of guys with a predator call mm-hmm. sitting and, and trying to try and call them. But um, that, that, does, that is interesting that it would be easier to, for the gray fox because they're not going to run out of the county on you as opposed to the, as, as to the uh, you know, yeah. the red fox go further, you said. Uh, yeah, what did well, they What did they hunt him with? Shotguns or what? Uh, rifles or what? Years ago, I think it would have been shotgun. There were no big rifles allowed down here. And would they then try and have them maybe circle the fox around to where guys were waiting for him and get him with the shotgun as they come running by? Yeah, just like a rabbit. Huh. And then uh, I know when we deer hunted a few years, quite a few years back, these guys they get together with some guys that hunted fox up there near Marshfield. And uh, they would, when a do- when they'd get the dog started on a track, they'd look for a track and get them started. Right. They would go with the trucks and for a, like a, for the next mile road, and get where you'd have to look for a place where they're likely to cross, usually like a creek bed, or and that's where they would wait for that red fox to come. That's interesting. And they hunted them with deer rifles up there, but. Right, right. No, that sounds. And you're right about the. Uh... About the fur. Now, my brother shot a nice one years ago, just like the one that I got two weeks ago. But he shot it, I think, in 1970, uh, 
78 up in Duluth, their superior, when we were deer hunting, and uh, he shot it right in the neck with the 30-30, and it, it cut the bottom of the neck just perfectly where it didn't wreck the hide. He took it to a furrier up there in Duluth, and uh, the guy gave him $75 for it, just un, un, unscun or unskinned, however you want to put it. So wow. the, the, it was very valuable. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know what the what the value. It's still up there. I'm guessing, you know, Fur Fish and Game magazine will list the current yeah. prices, but it's hard to find a Fur Fish and Game magazine on any newsstand. But they, I, I think they were still around forty bucks what, or something yeah. for a good one. Wisconsin Outdoor News does it every now and then too. They do. They did one. I remember I was talking about it on the show when I brought that article in about what they were worth. You know, roughly. Right. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think once a year they do that. Yeah. I don't know. I forget when. I mean, I don't know why they don't do something because like being overrun with raccoons and oh, you know the raccoons. There's there are way too many of them. They're terrible. They, they're terrible. Yeah, they, they make are. a mess in the garbage and uh, and I know they look cute and cuddly to you know Aunt B oh. looking in her backyard, but but they're not. They can and they can carry a lot of parasites and rabies yep. and stuff and uh, and. <laughs> And you don't want to mess with them. No. Um, so I think the only good raccoon is a dead raccoon in my book. Yep. And way too many of them in the city. <laughs> right. Thank you. All, All right. right. Well, Take thanks care. For thanks for the call. See ya. All right. Uh, 799-1250 is the phone number. So. You know, I I never even knew that Gray Fox existed until that time I was hunting up near Green Bay and I walked up over the ridge and saw it. And then I went home, and I don't know if my dad was one that knew or if I just looked. I think I looked in that book I was talking about. Because I always thought fox, there were, there were all red fox. I never heard of a gray fox. But now, as my memory's coming back, I did actually get a shot at a fox years ago. I and a guy named Sam Tim. In fact, uh, he's a famous wildlife artist. Uh, he lives up near uh, Watoma, Wapaka area. I believe mm-hmm. he's a minister, but he's his stuff is in wild wings all over the place. He does great, great uh, paintings, portraits, birds, calendars. Anyway, he and I were hunting outside of Green Bay with shotguns for deer one time, and three or four gray fox ran across a mud plowed field in front of us about a hundred yards away, and we had shotguns. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we opened up on him with shotguns, right? I had a pump, he had a pump, and it was boom, 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 boom. I think we emptied it. We never touched one of those gray fox because, you know, they run fast. But it was funny because watching those, watching those slugs land in the land in the plowed field was like watching mortars land. <laughs> <laughs> that we would just, be cool. That just, would be cool. Once, they, yeah. once it was all done, we just, and the smoke cleared, we just looked at each other and started laughing. That would be cool. Uh, who do you got on the line there? Uh, Mike in West Dallas. All right. Hey, good morning, Mike. Morning, guys. What's on your mind? Uh, did you hear anything about the bluegills being uh, diseased up in in that river up in Monona? No. The Yahara River. The, that would be the Yahara. Yeah. Well, there's a there's it's a different name there. Oh, there's a oh there's a Cherokee River off of Mendota. No, this is uh, this is Monona. Okay. There's, no, I did not uh, hear anything about that. Yeah. told everybody not to eat the, the bluegills. Really? But does the river run into Monona or out of Monona? I think it runs out of Monona. Oh, okay. Because if it ran into, that would not be good. Well, I have this. That's very rare. Uh, 
if that in fact is the case, because typically, um, if de- if fish have like a little parasite or something like that, they say once you cook it up, yeah. you know, no problem. Yeah. Even like wormy perch, right? Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So <clears throat> they're telling you not to eat it. That's kind of freaky. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for the info. We're gonna have to check that out. That out for us, because yeah, that's that's the lake I fish all the time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks okay, for the call. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. Who else you got there? Uh, Bob in Hartfield. Yeah. Okay. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, guys. Hey, Danny. It's Bob from Manchester Club. How you doing? Hey, doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah. Hey, you know what the difference between a fox and a pig is? Um, but uh, they're both omnivores. Um, one has just say no. Different... No, I do... <laughs> no, I don't, Bob. Tell us about twelve beers. Oh. Hey, I just want to let you know. Beers. We're having our oh. fishery tomorrow at uh, Curly's, and I got that hole dug out on the ice for you, but I got a recliner with an umbrella so you can measure all the fish. Hey. So a big one at Curly's Waterfront Pub tomorrow have on you Pewaukee, got a, huh? Have you got yeah. a cute girl to give me foot massages? Is that a hey, lounge there? If you man the station, we'll take care of you. Well, <laughs> um, well I... I may be hunting tomorrow. I am kind of playing it by ear right now. Um, it is good to know that there is that you do have a fishery, though, um, because normally most of them are on Saturdays. Correct. So, yeah, so yours is on, on Sunday. So I'm thinking Waterfront has the double whammy this weekend. They probably got uh, one. Yeah, so what, what, are, what, let's, uh, what are the hours of your fishery then? Well, it goes from 6 to 3, 3 o'clock. you got to have all the fish registered. We always do lengths because, again, we always promote and catch and release. Right. And then at 3.30 is the main drawing. And, uh, again, we got over 15000 in cash and prizes, so it's a huge prize pool. And uh, I think it comes out to just short of 300 prizes. So wow. it's, it's a good time, and that meat raffles all day. And So, yeah, if you get a chance, stop by, bring your buddy Tom, and uh, buy you a beer. Yeah, and, right. uh, and, and you can buy the raffle tickets right there. So you, you yep. can buy the tickets, and then... You have the 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 grand drawing for the grand uh, right about four or five o'clock or something. Well, it starts at three thirty. The main raffle starts. At oh, you know what? That's kind of nice because the ones that wait till five o'clock sometimes you kind of want to be out of there. You know what yeah, I mean? It starts yeah. getting a little right, late. And, yeah. And it's great. There's no football game on right. on this. Well, right. maybe the Pro Bowl, but that doesn't but count. But that don't count. Right. So okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Good luck tomorrow. Bob. Okay, guys. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye, bye now. And who else we got on the line? Jeff and Jackson. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. What's doing up, good, man? No, I was just gonna let him Bushy know that his box would be worth about fifteen, twenty bucks this year. That's all, really? Yeah, the the market on uh, fox is really depressed. Coyotes are worth some money. Uh, raccoons are depressed. You can't give a mink away. Yeah, uh, really, mink. Ranchers are having issues with uh, some diseases, and they've been pelting a lot of stuff out. So, the mink market. Uh, kind of drives a lot of the short hair market. So rats are, you know, 350, 325 on the average for some nice rats. Coon are averaging probably, uh, if you can get 20 bucks for a big coon put up, you're pretty good. You're probably averaging eight bucks with a coon that's fleshed out and dried. Uh, fox market's depressed too. He huh. sounds so. like you must be a trapper. No. No? Yeah, I've peeled more than my share. In my <laughs> okay. Hey, um, yeah, you mentioned raccoon. I got like I shot one when I was in high school years ago. The only one I ever shot, twenty two again, squirrel hunting, and it was uh I think I got fifteen bucks for it or something like that. But yeah, a little better you know, market. In the last 
last five, six years, they really tanked out, and it's going to take three, four years for it to come back. But I tell you, the coyotes are worth some money. I had one I shipped last year. I got 140 bucks for. Wow. Really? Yeah, they're saying they might, that's supposed to be holding strong this year. They're using it for a trim uh, trade. So I guess they go to Canada, and they've been uh, coats and stuff. I've been using it for coat trims and stuff like that. So I'm hoping to average, you know, 40, 50 on mine this year in a perfect world. Wow! Awesome. That's, well, that's great. That's uh, that's that's interesting. And you would and think you know, that that the you know fox, the only, you know, the only good coyote, dead coyote. Dead coyote. Yeah, yeah, dead coyote. <laughs> yeah, well, we agree. You would think typically you would think fox, red fox, is so much more beautiful than just a coyote. You know what I mean? You yes, would think they are. They're gorgeous. That you would think that that would be no, worth more. No. But I know it. It fluctuates. How about with the? You don't hear much about it these days. Many years ago, you'd hear about crazy. Crazy people in New York throwing paint on some woman wearing a fur coat oh, yeah, and yeah, all the yeah, anti. Yeah. Has the Anti Animal Rights Act? I mean, has this affected fur fur prices? You know, most of it's so much overseas that there's so little sold in the U.S. and and a lot of those like places in New York and California are banning natural fur. It has to be a fake fur to be sold, or you know, a ran- it can't be ranch anymore. Um, but you go, I guess, to China, I guess they line everything with fur, uh, boots, jackets. That's where the muskrat trade was going. And they'll even line uh, coats with this, you know, low-priced mink fur. Yeah, so, I, I read a while back that in Russia, uh, when the muskrats uh, were, were high years ago, uh, that Russia was buying most of them to make those, you know, those big furry hats that they have. But but something came up. I don't know if they just started making them out of synthetic fur or something like that, and then the rat... Uh, the muskrat, uh, uh, what do you call it? Sales went way down then. Yeah, there's still there's still a demand. China buys most of the yeah. muskrat. Yeah, the uh, I guess uh, like about probably 15 years ago, there was over 100 million mink on the market. Yeah. And I think last year was 25 million, and now they're pel- pelting a bunch out, so it's going to be even be worse. Uh, and you know, it, it is what it is. If I wanted to get rich, I'd be a radio host. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Hey, hey. With that, we got to let you go. Thanks we for go the to info. Break. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Thanks very much. Take care. Okay, bye now. We got to go to a break, folks. When we come back, well, he oh. he segued in beautifully. What's that? I want to talk some coyote. Okay, good. Because then uh, after the coyote, I have a very very important topic to talk about. Very 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 very. Yeah, yeah. Sneak up on the rabbit. Yeah, the, those those small rabbits. <laughs> Okay. Have to be, oh, he's, be quiet. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. We'll be right back. Wesley Danger. All right. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for taking a ride on the crazy train today. We never know which direction we're going to go, if we're going to stay on the rails or not. But one thing for sure, we're here for two hours. So thanks for listening. And Tom, yeah, uh, I wanted to talk a little coyote. I always okay. call it coyote. People go, you mean coyote? Okay, yeah, I, call uh, them, I call them yotes, coyotes. So anyway, I mentioned my fox story. The next day... For another day, I almost got a shot at a coyote while what? squirrel really? hunting. Yes. So here's the story. Oh. Uh, I was out. Now, this time, 
I was, uh, this time I was hunting close by, just out of town. I went outside by Exonia over there, and uh, where I like to shoot the big, local big fox squirrels. My goal was to get one over two pounds. This time of year, they're, they're big, and they got their fur, and they're, they're wily. So anyway, I hunted five hours, Tom. Mm-hmm. Didn't see one squirrel. They were not moving. It was calm. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple gray squirrels. I let those little guys go. So finally, about 2 o'clock, I was getting ready to... Uh, call it a wrap, and I'm leaning against a tree, and sure enough, about 200 yards away, running along the river, I see this big fox squirrel. So I thought, what the heck, I got to go for it. So I started trying to close the distance towards it, and uh, I got about I th- where I thought about halfway towards it. It, it spotted me. Unbelievable. It saw me <laughs> at a, over 100 yards away. Yeah. So I closed to get, I, it, it disappeared by a tree, so I, I got up a little closer and I, I, I put the scope up and I looked up the tree and sure enough, I could just see this fox squirrel looking at me. Now I estimated the range at 70 yards. So I'm doing the mental math thinking, okay, I think it drops about 22 sighted in at 25 yards. We'll drop about five inches at a hundred yards. I'm thinking I'll aim three inches high and let her fly. So I, I got a leaning against the tree, put the crosshairs up, bang, all I see is a puff of snow. I just see like snow explode on a branch, and I don't know whether the bullet hit the yeah. snow or the squirrel scrambling hit the snow. So now I'm I'm scanning up the tree further with the scope, and out of the is if I'm easy, even as I'm doing that, on the ground back a hundred yards behind it, coming from the river, running through some thick stuff, I see a predator, and I'm thinking, a fox, coyote. Well, I put the scope up; it's a coyote. And I don't know why he came. What he why he came running? So right away, I start I start hustling, trying to go tree to tree and get closer to him. And I stop, and now I see it go running back. Now I had it in the scope. Um, it was probably I don't know 175 yards away with a 22. Oh, it's you're a not. Way, it's if a I way. had my 223, yeah, I, it was trotting. I would have taken a shot. I would have yeah. had to you know hold in front of its chest, yeah. you know, and and take a long poke. But then I sat. And I tried calling, squeaking on the back of my yeah, hand. Yeah. I worked my way up closer to about 50 yards away from where I'd seen it. I sit for 15, 20 minutes, totally forgetting about the squirrel, right? So anyway, I think, oh, that coyote, he's, he's gone. I'm, I'm done. So I thought, well, I wonder, if I, I wonder if I hit that squirrel. So I turn around, and now I'm looking at all these trees. I'm thinking... What tree was it anyway, right? <laughs> they all look the same. Right, they all look the same. So get this, Tom. So I'm walking. I walk towards this wing, one big giant tree yeah. thinking, well, I'll check okay. this tree out first, yeah. right? I'm walking to it, and all of a sudden, out of the sky, comes this giant fox squirrel, whoop, and lands dead in front of me. No kidding. Really? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I cracked up laughing. It, it was like on cue, man. I wow. mean, 20 minutes later, I'm walking over, and it's like, whoop, and I'm like, yep, guess I hit it. <laughs> so apparently what I'd done That's was I shot, I paced it off, dude. It was 91 yards. Really? And my pace is pretty good. So it was at least 85, 90-yard shot with a 22. Wow. Longest shot I made. And what happened was uh, I underestimated the distance, so the bullet dropped a little bit lower, Yeah. and it the squirrel was kind of on the branch facing me, but his head was angling up. So when it dropped low, I think the bullet kind of hit the branch because it went into the belly and lodged on the 
went through the back on the top side. When I skinned it, I found the 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 the, the load, the bullet, and the bullet the hollow point had never expanded. Oh. So I think what happened was the bullet was tumbling, went in he probably hit that branch okay. and tumbled, went in sideways, didn't expand and therefore it didn't you know, it, it didn't uh didn't have an exit wound, right. but it lodged on under the skin by the back. I still got the got the bullet, and it was enough to do them in. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I never thought never thought I hit that thing. <laughs> That's pretty neat. But my plan now, yeah. Tom. What's your plan? Is now? I got my predator call right. Oh, gonna I make know, some money now. I, I'm gonna go. I'm <laughs> gonna go out today. I saw yeah. a bunch of bunch of coyote tracks around there in the fresh snow, mm-hmm. and they're running around there. Nobody's bothering those things. I got my predator call. I got my 22 Magnum. I'm not going to use the 223. It's too heavy. I'm going to take the. Plus, if I were on a field up by Sparta, then I'd bring the 20, the 223, because you might get a 300, 200 yard shot. Mm-hmm. This shooting should be within 100 yards. 22 Magnum That's is a good. good bullet. Yeah, I got that baby it. sighted yeah. in with a Leopold scope. Yeah. Randy from Midwestern Shooter Supply gave me a great deal on yeah. a Savage 93 and that scope. And I'm going to go with my Predator call today. And guess what, Tom? I'm not going to get nothing. Like, I never get anything when I sit calling. I do that yeah. predator hunting. I can't cut. I'll sit, I'll sit, I'll sit. But I'm just going to try it today. Maybe they'll mo- be moving after this fresh snow. Yeah, a little bit of snow starting to fall now. Where I guess we're supposed to get a few inches this morning. Uh, yeah, didn't. If you, Wes, if, didn't you tell us that it's supposed to stop uh, by 11 or something? Around, like, yeah, 10, 10 11-ish Milwaukee. 10, 11. Oh, yeah. okay. Perfect. They'll be on the move. So if you see me driving in with a new Cadillac next weekend, Tom, you'll know I, I got rich shooting coyotes today. <laughs> I cashed well, in, like uh, yeah. what Bob told us, and the, the the big market for the coyotes. Right. Well, Danny, I wanted to bring something up on the show today, because but here's the thing: I want to get our listeners' perspective on this. I'm I'm serious, folks. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty is the phone number. I want to get your perspective on this. Now, let me ask you a quick question, Dan. If you catch, uh, let's say you catch a. 30-inch pike yeah. or a 30 Let's say you're on Pewaukee Lake, you catch a 36-inch pike. Can you yeah. keep it? Yeah, 32 okay. inches is the size limit. Now, should you keep it? Uh, I don't think it matters either way. Depends what about, on what your perspective okay. is. Uh, what about if you catch a 42-inch muskie? Can you keep it? You can keep it. Should you keep it? Well, muskies are a little bit different. They're kind of the trophy fish, not as much density. What? All and right, we, let me ask you another question. We want to question. provide okay. future sport, and we want yeah, okay, big ones, okay, so okay. I would let that go. We don't have to go into a dissertation. Just well, you answer the question. Okay, I, I would let okay. that one go, 42 All right. inches. Uh, let's say you catch a 19-inch bass. Can you keep it? You can. But should you? Uh, well, wait a second. Are you saying should you or would you? Uh, ah, see, yeah. Are you, miss, no, are you mixing you? up the SH no, or the W? No, no. What here, have you been using here's this the, whole here, time? Here's the question, and when we go to a break, people then can, you know, get a chance to think about it, give us a call. Here's the thing. when it comes, Nobody has the right to tell you, as an angler, what you can or cannot keep. If it's within the legal limits of what the DNR says that you can keep, you can keep it. Now, should you keep it? Like, for an example, you go to a little lake and catch five 19-inch largemouth bass. Should you keep all five 19-inch largemouth bass? Probably not. You probably should not keep them. But can you? Yes, you can. It's legal. But 
do you, as another angler, have the right to tell that person, to try to shame that person into keeping those fish or keeping that muskie or keeping that 25-inch walleye? Do you have the right to shame that person saying, you got to throw that back. That fish is full of eggs. You shouldn't be keeping that fish when all along that person has the right to keep it. So here's the question to you folks out there. Can you keep those fish and should you keep those fish? How are you? What's your feelings on I don't that, know, folks? Tom. It's it's situation ethics. Every yeah. situation's different. Well, we're gonna get into that. But people can shame other people because you ever hear of something called the internet? Yeah. Well, we're gonna get into that, okay, folks? So 799-1250. You call us, tell us what you think about this, all right? We'll be right back with more right here on 1250 AM and 1057 FM. All righty. All right, Danny. <laughs> Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Yeah, we got a caller on the line, wants to weigh in on this topic of should you and can you. Who do you got there? I thought it was would you. Gary and no, Lake Mills. should you. Hey, Gary, you how, how your, are you today? Uh, conjunction straight here. Good. You know? What's that? I was I woke up at 2 o'clock last night, and I was looking at my phone, and they're talking about um, Lake Erie, and they can't even swim in there in the summertime because of all the pollution from manure. Yeah. I so didn't know that. Keep, would you keep any of them fish that are uh, 10 and 12 pounds? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I would. Look at it, you know, a, a different way because with all the manure spillage and stuff, they can't even drink the water out there. That um, I don't know if I'd keep anything out of there. Well, I know a lot of people do fish out there and they do keep the fish and they say they're fine, but they're really they don't really want to they don't want to keep those real big ones. They'd rather keep those, you know, 4 to 5 pounders cuz there's a lot of those out there too. Yeah, those real big yeah, ones. You know, yeah. What the nitrogen and the phosphorus, they said it's really really dangerous and you can't even swim in the summertime and they showed a big green spot where the fish are all dying. They said it miss the Mississippi River down by New Orleans down there. That all the shrimp are dying out in the summertime because of the manure and the Oh, that's yeah, I know. Down there, I've been down there. That is that that Mississippi River. That's like mud down there. <laughs> right, that is like mud. Well, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'd keep them in the smaller lakes like Pewaukee and oh yeah, and stuff. But I don't know if I'd keep them the big ones and the big lakes because I was often wondering why they wanted to get rid of them all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they do want it. They want. They are encouraging you to keep everything. You're right. Yeah, because they do. Yeah, they got a lot of walleyes out there. That's for sure. Right. All right. Thanks for calling. I see we got another caller on the line calling in, uh, wanting to get to this stuff. We'll get to this caller. No, I am using the right thing. Should you or can can you? Yes. Should you? Like you said, it's situational. It depends. You know, if you should or should not. And we'll get into a few of those. Uh, points uh well we'll wait okay here's the here's the thing um if i was fishing a little lake i would never keep five big bass out of it because these little lakes only have so many you know legal fish in it would i keep one or two yeah sure but i wouldn't do that every time i went there to some little lake you know what i mean uh i had a argumentative discussion with gary roach you know gary roach right mm-hmm we were up at that Max Sports Shop up in Sturgeon Bay one time, and we had this argumentative discussion. 
and he said that anybody who is in his boat that he was guiding up there in Minnesota, he would not allow them to keep a, a legal muskie. Didn't matter how big it was. You know, he said, I would shame them into throwing it back. I, w- I would just get on their case. And I said, Gary, what gives you the right to do that? Your DNR said it's legal for them to keep it. I mean, it's one thing to recommend it, but to shame them into not keeping it if they want to keep it. That reminds me of a story, Dan. I was uh, guiding this guy and his son. He caught a, I can't remember if it was a 30, I think it was like a 36-inch muskie. And he wanted to keep it. And I said, you know, if I were you, I'd let it go. You know, he said, well, I want to mount it. It's my first legal muskie. And I said, if you do, if you fish in these spots and do what I'm, you know, showing you, you're going to catch a bigger one. And then you'll want to mount that one. I said, I, I, if I were you, I'd let this little guy go. And, and he didn't think it was little, though. To him, this was big, right? Right. So the following week, and honest to God, following week he calls me and he said, Tom, you were right. I said, what do you mean? He says, I took that little muskie to the taxidermist. He said, or the 36 inch to the taxidermist. He says, I was out on Pewaukee yesterday and caught a 44-incher. I took that to the taxidermist and took my 36-incher back. So, yeah, I mean, it. so, yeah, there's things. Uh, who do you got on the line? Randy and Grafton. Oh, yes. Hi, Randy. Hey, Boy, guys, two, two weeks in a row. I was hey, just going to say, Randy two, week, two weeks right, in a row. That's, right. that's something else. What, You're on a roll. Yeah. What an honor, let me tell you. Yeah. I, I almost forgot what. Okay, my point. I think this um, subject is right up your alley. Uh, I don't know about that anymore. I, I mean, we, boy, we how many discussions have we had yeah. on, about this regarding this kind of stuff in the past? I understand what you're saying, Tom, but, you know, uh, I remember one time uh, we were getting together with uh, uh, Dale Strosheim, this, uh, fishing with a mutual friend up there, and we're getting together with him after uh, – his guide and we were gathering around the Sturgeon Bay um, fillet table, uh, the cleaning table they have yeah, up there. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> there were some uh, bait fishing years ago used to be real popular. Um, guys really transitioned when the perch bite uh, fell off up there. Many of the, of the quote unquote meat hunters uh, transitioned to smallmouth and. Uh, Boy, it, it really did hurt, and Dale mentioned something as guys were there flaying up 18- to 20-inch smallmouth bass. Mm-hmm. So I think I do know there are some guys who can get a little bit uh, uh, caustic when it comes to uh, criticizing others keeping fish. But on the, uh, on the flip side of that, there are some jags who flaunt the fact that they're going to take their five fish and they're going to um, – kind of flaunt the fact and make a big deal about it, it is, in fact, their right to keep them. And I think uh, sometimes just despite the fishermen who are trying to fish more conservatively. So, yeah, like up there, you can take five smallmouth, but can you imagine if every smallmouth fisherman up there, then you fish up there, kept those five smallmouth? Oh, yeah. So be a little bit uh, conscious. of uh, the potential of the fishery, but also your fellow fishermen who do practice. You know, I think, Randy, I think that's where we as anglers should have our own personal limits, let's say. 
you know, do I need to keep 25 bluegills? No. 10 is plenty for me and my wife, you know. Do I need to keep five bass? No. Two are plenty for me and my wife. You know, you know. so it, it, do I need to keep two legal northern pike? No. One is plenty, you know. So I think sometimes we as anglers have to, you know, put some limitations on ourselves because it goes back, like I said, yeah, can we? Sure, we can keep that limit or whatever, but should we? No, well, not think, all the time. No. Well, I think it just boils down to, uh, like Randy's saying, I think it is good for people to like encourage people yeah. or try and tell them, you know, maybe keep them at those small mouth. Don't keep the 1920 inch, keep some small one. I think it's okay to tactfully do that. Yeah, I tactfully. Think, I think where the line crosses where somebody acts like that, that God died and left them in charge. Right, exactly. Um, so I think there can be, yeah. On the other hand, like Randy says, there are some jigs that probably oh, yeah. do need to get hammered. Years ago, there was the one guy up in, Green Bay, who allegedly was, I heard a story of some guy who was keeping all these 50-plus-inch muskies before they had the 54-inch limit right, yeah. and, and putting them all, all over his bar. Yeah. Um, so th- maybe those are the people. There are some people that probably deserve to yeah. come down on. But for the Joe Average guy, it's good to encourage them. And, and But I think you just got to kind of do it yeah. tactfully and not and, try and be kind to everybody. Don't be rude or mean. Yeah, and thanks, thanks for the call, Randy. We do appreciate it. We always like talking to Randy. You know when he calls. Two and weeks here's in a, a row. Yeah, and here's another thing, Dan. If if a guide says to prospective clients, let's say a musky guide. Now, if you said your to your pr- prospective clients, you cannot keep a musky in my boat. You cannot. No matter how big it is, you cannot keep a musky. That at least gives the client then the opportunity to say yes or no, right? If he's intent on keeping a, a big one, let's say, you know, then he wouldn't go with you. Well, but if he if he doesn't mind throwing them back, if that's what he's into, which that's the reason why most, we have so most, many muskies. Most people are into that now yeah, anyway. So we are. I haven't had anybody want to keep one for years. But if they are going to be so adamant, how many of have how many of them, if you look at their website, will ever put catch and release only? Yeah, not many. I've never seen it. Nah, I've n- I've never check, seen it either. Check Gary Roaches. Does he put oh, catch and release only on I don't, there? I don't think he does. He's gonna I don't wait think he till you're there anymore. anymore. Oh, okay. I don't think he guides anymore. He's pretty old now. Who do you got on the line? Dennis in Boulder Junction. Oh, our Boulder Junction connection. Dennis Royce coming calling us from God's country. Hey, Dennis. Yes. Good morning, guys. How you are? Are you in the restaurant this morning? Yes, I am. I'm having coffee. I'm going to sit down and have breakfast here after I talk to you, but i just give you a report from the north and let you know what's going on up here in case somebody's coming up. And All right. Got a lot of snow. Uh, ice conditions are okay in most lakes for walking only. I wouldn't recommend any traffic. I know they're driving on some lakes, but, boy, I wouldn't recommend it. The ice is not good because of the fact we had so much snow up here right now. So, I don't know how it is down by you, but... Uh, yeah, it's pretty much walking only, and you're not going out and running willy-nilly everywhere. Uh, we've had people tried tried driving on the lakes, and a lot of people have gone through already. In fact, we lost two snowmobilers here about uh, two weeks ago, so... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not good, but you got to be careful, and you got to stay on the marked trails if you're snowmobiling. But right now, our snow total is 20 inches more than it was a year ago, and we had a our snowiest record uh, last year, and I, I think we're going to beat that by the time the season's over. Wow. That's, that's so so your snowmobiling and skiing is great, huh? That's not so <laughs> good. Not so good for the deer. No, it's not really. And the deer, 
uh, like Tom said, the uh, the snowmobiling is fantastic. The trails are great. There's plenty of snow, and there's a lot of that going on right now. And the, any any outdoor snow uh, activities are excellent. Uh, people are getting on the lake fishing, but like I say, it's tough to get around. There's a lot of snow, but um, yeah, deer are going to suffer from this pretty soon because I know when they jump off the trails, uh, you see them. They're up past or up to their bellies in snow, and it's tough getting around. Wow! Wow! So, so a big difference from the north to the south right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, right now I'm looking out the studio windows, and it's and it's snowing right now. So. <laughs> up here all week long is that right one to two one to three one to two whatever it is and by the time you get done with the end of the week you got seven eight nine inches of snow Uh, better better you guys than us (laughs) we don't need it anymore (laughs) i'm just hoping a lot of that's gone down by you when we come down for the sports show yeah that's right that's coming up soon not too far away that's not far away is all all right all right dennis well thanks for calling talk to you guys later and we'll Keep in touch. All right. Thank you. Bye now. Okay. With that, we got to take a break. 799-1250 is the phone number. Can you keep those fish? Should you keep some of those fish? Hey, that's up to you. That's a personal choice, I guess. We'll be right back with more right here on, uh, where are we? 1057 uh, uh, FM, uh, The uh, Fan. No, it's not all for today. We're still with us. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, thanks for taking a ride with us today. And uh, take it away, Tom. Oh, we got Dave on the line. Now, I'm just wondering if this is Dave Olson from Pewaukee. Is this well, Dave? Is this a big old? We'll find out. No, no, this is not Dave Olson. Oh, there it's you not. go. Jump into okay. conclusions and conclusions. Well, you never know. So, what's on your mind, Dave? Uh,. Guys, my family owned a cabin up in Forest County for uh, 20 years. Yeah. And um, we happened to be on a lake that was not speared. Okay. But I think spearing enters into the conversation. If you're on a lake that's speared, years ago, Barbara Crabb gave the whole northern third of the state to the Indians. Right. And mm-hmm. ruined occupations of resort owners. Mm-hmm. I agree. Those lakes just are, they're empty of walleyes. Now, I'm basically just a walleye fisherman. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you're talking, it's a personal decision, no matter where you are, but if you're fishing walleyes on a lake that's speared, every big walleye you throw back is going to end up with spear marks in it. Yeah. Offers of the Indians. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. Keep that in mind. Hey, All Dave, right? did Don't you hear that. where, did you hear where the Monaco chain is going to be uh walleye-less? You can't keep walleyes again this year? There you go. Yeah. Tom. Can't do it you this know, year. We yep. knew, my dad knew resort owners that couldn't make it because she ruined uh, walleye fishing in Wisconsin. Yeah. And Barbara Crab. Yeah, yep. and that's one of the things. You want to th- th- throw one back? You know where that's going to end up. So yeah, what, I so agree. What, I agree one hundred percent. So what you. you're saying at this point is, it, you're not going to go. Oh, there's hardly any of them. We better let them go so they can repopulate. You're saying you're basically, not- hey, they're 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 never going to repopulate here. They're all getting speared anyway, so I might as well keep the goddamn thing. Yeah, and the DNR exactly. just keeps putting more in them every year. You know, with exactly. the stocking. You're- they're all stockfish. Uh, our particular lake uh, has no natural reproduction anymore. So you want to throw it back and give it to an Indian, your prerogative. Feel free. 
Right. Yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying, Dave. Gotcha. Thanks for calling. We appreciate we're it. We're with you. Yeah, we're with you. We got another caller on the line. Another Boy, caller. a lot of people calling the show oh, today about this topic. The show. You know, just... and, and, and the thing is, is like, uh, you know, yeah, I realize people like to eat fish. I like to eat fish, okay? People like to eat fish. The thing is, is that, yeah, you can hurt a body of water. I'll tell you, years ago, Dan, I was really upset with myself. When I had my bait shop, I this guy, he, he wasn't able to catch bass. So I showed him the Kelly worm and the worm. You know, the pre-rigged plastic worms right. that spin. Right. I showed him how to rig it and all that, and he would fish Freeze Lake. And he would come in and tell me about all these nice bass he was taking out of Freeze Lake, how many he was keeping. On the, on the Kelly worm? Yeah, and, uh... and the, the worm. And I told him, I said, you realize that there's only so many, you know, legal size back in a little, I mean, Freeze Lake is a little lake. What is it, like maybe 80 acres Something. or, or yeah, less small, maybe? I right. don't know. I said, there's only so many there. You're, 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 there's going to come a point in time when you go out there and you're not going to be able to catch many at all. I said, so just remember that. And we do have a caller on the line. I'll get to another story real quick. Who do you got there? Paul in New Berlin. Hey, hey, Paul in New Berlin. What's up, Hi. Paul? You know, fishermen, they catch and release. Yep. I think the Indians should spear and release. Hey. <laughs> I don't think they can. That's the problem. Hey, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how they could do that. Yeah, maybe put a paintball on the end of their spear, just mark them and let them. I don't know. Well, I he, think if they just brought down the limits, I, I you know here's the thing. I I don't mind Indians doing or Native Americans doing uh you know this as uh what 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 are the words I'm looking for, Danny? Something that they're that they did in the past many years yeah, ago. A tradition, their, tradition. Seated, yeah. Seated rights. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, so if they if they follow their tradition, but here's the thing. I mean, thirty five thousand walleyes. Do you really do they really need to take that many? I mean, let them go out and get their limit of five or whatever the limit is on the lake, three or five. You know, like we have a limit, right? And let them do it the way they did it years ago. Okay, that's cool. But nowadays, did you know that some of them are out there with pontoons and shocking like the DNR does? Did you ever see that, or hear know about no. that, Paul? No. You yeah. sure they're actually shocking? Yeah. Yep. I I talked to a guy who saw him going right by the front of his dock doing it. I don't know. My I, attitude is. I think is, that's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> that might be illegal. I I I don't know. You know who knows? I don't maybe know. it'll eventually the tradition. They say there's less people hunting and fishing. Maybe maybe the people doing that'll eventually kind of yeah. As the young guys get all. You know, video games yeah. to play. They'll do that instead of go out in the middle of the night yeah. and spear walleyes. You know, my idea years ago, when they initially were talking about this stuff, where they said, well, you know, that people really need the food, right? Yeah. My idea was charge every Wisconsin uh, fishing uh, license buyer an extra one or two dollars, take that money, go buy a bunch of walleyes or fish from the markets and distribute it to the uh to the, to the people there. Yeah, yeah. They're help feed them. And, yeah, I, I'd yeah. be willing to pay a couple bucks more yeah. on my license, and yeah. they'd probably get even more more, more walleyes than what they're spearing. Yeah. Although I've heard some of those walleyes end up in some people's pe restaurants up there. Yeah. So was there anything else, Paul? Nope. No. No, okay. Well, thanks take for care, calling. Paul. Appreciate it. Well, no more calls today. Don't take any more over there. We Why? Why are we not? We don't need any more. We don't Sam. need no more. What? Are we well, ready to shut it down? Well, here? in a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. all done. Uh, in, a, in a few minutes, about two, three minutes. Yeah, almost all done. So the thing is, is that, like Danny, I think the point I was trying to get across is that sometimes we as anglers have to submit ourselves to personal limits. You know, what to do, 
what it, what we feel is right here. I got another quick story. There was a guy that I know, and I'm not going to mention any names or nothing. All right. He would go on Mendota, and him and a couple of his buddies, three of them, and this is when there was a 50 fish limit and a 25 fish limit. Yeah. And he was very good at finding the perch and catching them. Right. All right. So they would catch all these big perch, and they would take their limit every time, and they would go two, three days a week. Now, if somebody ever called the DNR and said, check this guy's freezers, <laughs> he'd have way over the bag, you know, what he's supposed to be able right. to have, right? right. Well, anyway, they went out there, and they would do this year after year after year. And if anybody's ever been on Mendota when those perch were running there, there's a 1,000 boats up there. Well, at least 500, let's put it that way. But there's a lot of people who do it, right? And they're all doing the same thing. They're all keeping their limits of big perch. Well, eventually, that big perch population was going down, 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 and this guy was starting to complain. Well, the DNR's got to do something, by golly. There's not enough of those big perch out there. We're not getting those 10, 11, 12 inches. We're getting those little 7, 8 inches, you know. The DNR's got to do something. What did the DNR do out there? And I said, hey, don't you think you had a hand in this, you and your buddies, and everybody else out there taking their limits two, three days a week? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of like years yeah. ago. We hunted yeah. up there at the farm up in Douglas County, and my uncle was talking to the other gang up there, the Carlson gang. And the Carlsons, man, they'd make drives and they'd shoot all kinds of deer. And he was talking to one of the Carlsons one time during deer season. And the Carlsons said, man, we really just, you know, don't see many bucks. Mm -hmm. And my uncle pointed to like the five nub bucks hanging on the pole. <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, what do you think's going on up yeah. here? You're you not know? letting those grow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like a revelation to him. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, that's why, you know, it's it's something to think about. And one of the reasons we have great musky fishing on Pewaukee is because of catch and release. But I'll tell you what, if somebody I know wanted to keep one, I... Thump them on the head with a crowbar. Who am I to say, no, you got to throw that back? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's just one of those things, you know. No, we all want to be yep. prudent, yep. practice catch and release. Yep. But I don't think people should be telling people what they can and can't do. Right. We just got to all be good stewards and try and steer people in the right direction and make good decisions ourselves. Right. Well, Danny. Oh, I feel like I've been in church, Tom. Yeah, I all know. This, it's uh, been, geez, uh, this uh, has know, been a great this, show today. We've touched a lot of topics, you know. Touched a lot of hearts. Yeah. A lot of minds. And uh, and I appreciate everybody listening today. This is kind of, I think a lot of people are staying in now with the snow falling and that, just kicking back, having a coffee, listening to us two jokers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Or that, they're getting ready for a fishery. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, Danny. Yep. That's all I got. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Drive safe today, my friends. We'll talk to you next week.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.